You're listening to War Eagle Reader Radio with Jeremy Henderson. And now, something completely different. This is Shug Jordan, coach of the Auburn Tigers. Say what? No, 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 no. It's pronounced Jaden. Yes! 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 This is Shug Jaden, football coach of the Auburn Tigers. Hey, you, thanks for listening to an episode, uh, another episode, <laughs> any episode of It's Pronounced Jordan. Can you believe it went up on Friday, not Saturday morning, right before the game? How about that? But uh, it's a, it's I have to, because it's a special one. It's actually going to be a two-parter, but the first one is going to be timely, topical, and pertinent, don't you worry. But first up, it is brought to you by two people this go-round. First, uh, Auburn Escape Zones. You hop on AuburnEscapeZones.com. I think you know what I'm talking about, the whole escape room phenomenon. My daughter's done it for her birthday. I'm about to do it. It is uh, awesome stuff. You uh, enter the promo code WDE. I think you know what that stands for. Plug that bad boy in there when you are booking a room online, and you will get $3 off, not per session, per person. You bring enough people to fill a room, that is $24 off. You see that? I did the math right there. That's uh, 8 times 3, right? 24. So do that. Also, after you're through going to the Auburn Escape Zones on the cheap, head over to... Butcher Paper Barbecue in Opelika. Have you heard about this place? People are raving about it on Twitter. It's won a couple of the barbecue festivals and contests here in town recently. ButcherPaperBarbecue.com. They're on Facebook. Physically, they are at 128 Columbus Parkway, Opelika. All right. Number 748-9008. But just, just start Googling, okay? People go out of their way to get to this place, but it's not like it's super far out of the way. But even if it was, you would do it. You would want to risk it for this brisket. But they got all kind of things. I mean, it's not just the brisket. I mean, that's probably not even the thing that they're most known for. I dig it, but hey, that's just me. And peep this sweet action. How many bar? I'm, I'm checking out their Facebook page right now. How many barbecue places do you know that get uh, 100 on their health rating? That's as of wednesday a day ago right that i'm not talking about oh once upon a time that's like right now you go in there and let's so i better clarify risk it for the brisket but you're not having to risky coli for their brisket right maybe being late to work or something but maybe maybe being late to where you need to go but not for any foodborne illnesses which is good to know so thanks to those two sponsors and if you would like to be a part of the wonderful action happening here at it's pronounced jordan on the war eagle reader war eagle reader radio and all that stuff do reach out the war eagle reader at gmail.com some of you have recently and i'm loving it okay let's go ahead and hop to the action here because this is great this is utterly fantastic i'm so thrilled i kind of sort of talked with terry daniel auburn punter extraordinaire the record holder consensus all-american in 93 second teamer in 94 an incredible story of how he even came to auburn how even the, his recruiting process which is wild it's stuff i'd never even heard of that's going to be in part two of this series but right now Obviously, you know where I got to go with this. You don't talk about the Auburn-Mississippi State rivalry, which is kind of like a rivalry. It just is. There's drama to spare, okay? There's a lot going on in this uh, in this rivalry, dating back to the earliest days of the series. We're talking 1919, Mike Donahue basically just called the uh, the Bulldogs the most unsportsmanlike team he'd ever seen, at least that year's squad. Vowed he would never coach another Auburn team that played against them. He would never take another Auburn team into a game against the uh, those hooligans, and uh, he, true to his word, did not. And, of course, my goodness, I've gone uh, ad nauseum into all the cowbell stuff, right, with Suge and everything, and there's plenty to go into with that. But you obviously can't talk about the rivalry without bringing up what happened now 26 years ago, the helium, Jackie Sherrill accusing Terry Daniel, boom it, Terry boom it, of spiking the footballs with helium to make them go higher, to make them move farther. 
Funny footballs down there on the plains. That was the only way Jackie Sherrill could explain the staggering stats Terry Daniel was putting up in 1993. And it even infected the, the, the paranoia, even infected Spurrier the following week, which was kind of like an unreported element and aspect of the whole little wacky chapter in the rivalry's history. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to everything about it, The how he first even heard about it, the, the result, what it did for him, what it did for his career. It is a great, great story. Let's do it. When did you first even when, – when was this even first on your radar? Oh, after the game was over with, uh, the Mississippi State game, we mm. were actually in the locker room, um, you know, getting ready to get our clothes back on and go, you know, leave the stadium. And Coach Hall came in, and he was he come over to me and said, hey, did you hear what the Mississippi State uh, coach said about you? And I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, yeah, he said that you were doctoring up the balls, doing something to them, and that uh, he, he accused you of putting helium in the football. <laughs> and, you know, I just thought and laughed about it. I thought, oh, okay, you know, that's pretty funny. You know, he'd say something like that. Do you, I mean, did you think at the time that he was just he, – he, he must have just been cracking a joke, just talking about, yeah, they got a great punter. I bet he's – do you think he was just telling a joke, or did you were you aware at the time he was being somewhat serious? Oh, I thought it was just joking around and, you know, cutting up. And, right, right, right. Uh, you know, just making fun or making light of the situation. And and then, uh, you know, then here comes, I guess, is Monday next week. And then it was in all the papers that he had accused me of doing that and that I was doing something, either putting too much air in them or, um, or either uh, putting helium in them. Well, what did you – I mean, so, so what was your reaction when you realized it was actually people were <laughs> – <laughs> that this was like actually a story that was making the rounds. I just thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, I just was like, you know, okay, we'll come check the balls. You'll find out there's nothing in them. I'm not inflating them too much or deflating them or putting any foreign substance in them or anything. They're just, you know, they're the balls that the officials give us before the game starts. So I'm not doing anything illegal or crazy. So, so on the record, never, never, you weren't juicing the balls. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I wish I could have. <laughs> but, um, I mean, was it a flattering thing? Yes, it was. It was. It really was. Um, you know, that one thing got my name out there on the national level to where, you know, I, I went from, you know, this punter who might get a newspaper article or, you know, reporter wanting to talk to you to, the next week, it was every TV station, you know, and every newspaper, magazine, ESPN, Sports Illustrated. You know, it was like it was almost like, oh goodness, now I'm, I'm like the quarterback or something. Right, right, you know, right. And everybody wanted to talk to me, but yeah, you know, that was the thing that really got my name out there back at that time. So it was it was pretty flattering. Um, you know, I had a cousin that was on a ship on the other side of Hawaii that called to let me know that it was on their newspaper there on the ship oh that's wild <laughs> so it was like yeah, it was like that's crazy this you know that big a story <laughs> well so i mean how do you how you punt so well how was uh, what what was this what was the secret if it wasn't helium it, it was years and years of punting i started punting when i was about seven years old um and i actually won a punt passing kick when i was eight years old i, I punted the ball 37 yards when I was eight years old. Jeez. And, you know, I think I just always tell people it was just a God-given talent. I was just born to kick a football. And, you know, I, I, that's all I did all my life. I mean, 
seven days a week. I was out in the backyard and, you know, every day it was a different goal. It was to kick it over the fence and it was to kick it over the tree and it was to kick it over the tree, over the road. And then it was over the tree, over the road into the neighbor's yard. You know, so it just kept getting where I was trying to kick it further and higher and further and higher. And, you know, by the time in eighth grade, I was punting for the, you know, starting punting for the high school team. In eighth grade. And in eighth grade. And, you know, I punted, you know, every year. And I, even in my eighth grade year, I still averaged like 42. <laughs> and, you know, it was all the way through. I mean, I was always over 45 yards on average every year. That's what you were basically and, averaging in college, right? I mean, that was. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> And then that's pretty much what I did when I got to college too. Yep, my overall career average was forty-five-five. So now I remember there was some story in that special uh, commemorative Sports Illustrated undefeated season thing with uh, Ace Atkins doing the uh, the Taekwondo chop on Warfare <laughs> on the cover. Yeah. There was some story in there, and all you, uh, the kickers and everybody all pointing fingers at each other and, uh, yep. and like doing the guns, you know, or something at each other. And it was either I guess Brian. Uh, was it Brins Bensfield or Brinsfield? Brinsfield. Brins, Brian Brinsfield or Etheridge. And, and Scott uh, Etheridge, yeah. Talking and, and said that the secret to the success was the uh the rear end or something like that. Was it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I I back at that time I was I was weighing right at two hundred and thirty pounds. Right. And which I thought you know, at that time I thought I was pretty big, but you know, now I'm like two sixty five, so right, right. But, yeah, I think it was just a combination of the years of punting, a lot of leg work, and being, you know, a bigger punter and just having a real strong leg. And, you know, that was just a combination of things. But, yeah, that was what Scott Etheridge said about me was it was <laughs> because I had such a big butt. <laughs> what, were, you, were you in the room when he said that or did you read about it? I read about oh. it whenever it came out. So. What what'd you say to him after that? I know, I appreciate it, Scott. <laughs> he said, "Well, man, look at me. I don't got a butt. I'm, you know, I'm 135 pounds." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> so what do you think about this Australian kid we got?" You know, he's got a great leg. Um, I, I just wished I could work with him and you know and teach him, you know, how to punt. I guess you call it the American way to punt or whatever. But because I mean, to me, he he just like throws it out there and kicks it, you know. Right. And, Right, right, right. So, I wish I could teach I him how think, to punt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could show him a few things, man, he his leg is so strong. He's kicking balls, you know, 45 to 55 yards, and he's just throwing it out there and just kicking it. I mean, right. no good. I mean, he, you know, to me, you know, the drop's the most important part of the punt, and he, he just – there's no drop. He just throws it, and wherever he hits it, he hits it. So. <laughs> And that's just incredible that he's doing the job he's doing, yeah. you know, and kicking it like a Australian rules football. So tell me about the Florida game after uh, after MSU uh, because it didn't because uh, it didn't stop when, the scandal didn't was, stop. No, <laughs> or there's not at all. That that's actually where I came out and I was thinking my first ball I kicked was in the high fifties. My next ball I punted was like. 63 both of them had went out inside the 10 yard line and that's when steve spurrier actually stopped the ball game and wanted all the footballs taken up and wanted them tested because he said there's no way that you can consistently sit out there and punt balls that far inside the 10 yard line every time it's just it's impossible there's something wrong with the footballs 
Yeah, so they great. did. They they actually, you know, stopped the game, uh, and took all the balls up, marked <laughs> them to send into the SEC to be tested, brought out all brand new footballs, had them pumped up on the sideline. The officials did to make sure everything was like in the, regulation. The officials are pumping them up themselves. Yes, they were on the sideline <laughs> pumping them up, testing the pressure in them, making sure nothing was wrong with them. And then the next punt I had was I kicked it 71 yards. And that's when Steve Spray was throwing the hat and kicking the ground and going crazy because, you know, it was like, hey, these are brand-new balls right out of the box. They pumped them up, and he was like, man, that's just crazy to keep kicking a ball like that. Did he? Did he like? Did you see him or talk to him ever after that about that? Yeah, I did one time. I'm trying to remember. It was uh, years, years later, the SEC function down in Florida. And uh, I ran into him and, you know, and he threw somebody else, found out who I was. And he come over there and was talking to me about the leg I had. And and, uh, he just was just reminiscing about that. And he just said (laughs) that it's just incredible to see a kid sit out there and punt a ball like that. Well, I mean, it's funny because he's the one who actually probably gave you the most grief in terms of, you know, it, it, it affecting a, a game or something. Yeah. You know, you got Jackie after the fact, just kind of saying something off the cuff that probably was, you know, blown up and inflated a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's right. And you got Steve, Cause that's crazy to think about. I think if that had happened today, if it got out on the TV that they were stopping a game because, I mean, obviously you had inflate gate and everything with the Patriots and whatnot, but if they, mm-hmm. if, right. if Spurrier, or let's say Nick Saban for an, a modern equivalent were to were right. stop and be like, no, 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 20 minutes, we're stopping a game. I mean, did you know that that's what, what it was, what was happening at the time? I mean, did they come over and be like, Coach Spurrier is demanding that we like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they were saying. I mean, when they come over there and the officials were talking to the coaches and, you know, they had a stoppage in the game. And, and then I found out, you know, listening to the officials, as they were saying, you know, Coach Spurry has filed a complaint. And he wants all the balls taken up and tested. That He wants to find out truly if something's wrong with these balls. That was, and, that was just wild. I mean, it was it was it was a wild I wonder, thing. I wonder if I wonder if Cheryl talked to him before the game. I wonder. <laughs> I don't know because uh, that is that's just that's just crazy. So okay, so so then that happens. So it keeps going. Now, so Sports Illustrated or ESPN, somebody came down and 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 wrote something up or did some tests or something, right? They did. They um, it, it was a combination of both of them and uh, some scientist or whatever there, Auburn University and some other scientists come in and to do a, a controlled study on it to see, you know, the differences in kicking a ball with helium, kicking a ball with regular air. So they took seven balls with that they pumped up with helium, seven they picked, pumped up with regular air. You know, they, they numbered them a certain way where I would not know which was which. And then they sit there and had me punt. And um, then after it was all said and done, I actually punted the regular balls on average about 11 or so yards on average further. Good grief. And so the helium actually hurt. <laughs> it hurt. Then more than it, then it helped. So, well, were you nervous about that? Like what, what did you think when they were like, all right, we're going to put it to the test. I mean, were you, you know, it's one of these things and somebody's innocent of something, but at the same time, you're taking a lie detector or something. You're still nervous. <laughs> you still, yeah. I mean, like what's happened. So what, what's going through your mind when, they, when like, I mean, are you worried that it's going to be like, Oh man. No, actually, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. It was, you know, I enjoyed it and, and I had fun doing that. And I mean, it was like, 
I knew for a fact that I didn't do anything, you know, wrong. So I was like, hey, let's just have fun with this and let's see what happens. And, you know, I was really curious myself to see if it would help. Right. So. Well, so you uh, now now Mythbusters that show did I think like put this to the t- I think they came to the same conclusion, right? That it was right, like exactly. helium actually hurt the the distance and everything. Did they? Do you know if they mentioned you or the Auburn thing in that episode? They didn't that I know of. Um, I found out about it, you know, months and later. Right. That it even happened, and people were saying, "Hey, do you know they did that?" And I was like, "No, I did not know." And I was like, "I can't believe they didn't call me the one that it all got started from." Yeah. I mean. That's pretty yeah, wild, I was the original helium punter. They thought they'd at least involve me with it or yeah. talk about me or say something. But um, they just made claims about the punter who was accused of, but they never like said my name or anything. Oh, okay. Well, so what about what about Jackie Sherrill? Had you have you had any contact since then with uh with <laughs> Coach Sherrill? Yes, I did. Um, actually, when they were starting up that um All Star Football League back in the early. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. I, yep, I went out to for the um it was the Birmingham team. Right. Um I just sent my name in for the heck of it just to see, you know, I'm here I am I was almost I mean, I was in my mid thirties. <laughs> right, right. And I was just gonna see if they would just give me a shot to come and try out. And I sent my name and all my information in and then the next morning I got a reply saying, yes, they want to invite me in for a tryout. Okay. So I was like, well, I can't believe being the age I am, and you know, they're going to still give me a shot. But So I went down there, and I was um, out there punting on the field. Mm-hmm. and Like Legion Field? Yes, yes, that's where I was. And it was funny because when I first got there and I went into the locker room and was, you know, get my shorts, T-shirt on, get my cleats on and stuff, I had those players coming up to me going, hey, coach, where are we supposed to be? Hey, coach, what time are we going to start this? I'm like, hey, I'm not a coach. <laughs> I'm actually here trying to try out, too. You know, I was like, yeah, I got gray hair and a gray goatee, but, I mean, I'm here trying out just like y'all. Coach. But they thought I was, yeah, they thought That's I was funny. one of the coaches. And But um, we got out there, and, you know, and I was sitting out there just booming them, and all of a sudden somebody come up behind me, and – uh he said, hey, but one person asked this, you've got to be Terry Daniel. And I said, I turned and looked, and I said, oh, Coach Cheryl. <laughs> and he was going to be the coach of that team. That's wild. And that is yeah, so wild. He said, I, he's, he's like, I knew I'd get you one day. I knew I'd have you playing for me one day. <laughs> and uh, he said, man, you're still booming that ball. And I said, yes, sir, still hitting it pretty good. But um, Did he say anything course, about, like, was he like, they misquoted yeah, he me? Called, or he, were they like- he, he did. He did. He said that. He said, you know, actually, I never did actually say helium. He said, I just said that you were doctoring footballs and you had to be putting something in them or doing something wrong. And and he said that one of you, our coaches actually said, well, yeah, he was probably thinks we're putting helium in them. So he said, you know, that kind of all got put together and saying that I said it. But he said, actually, I just said that you, you were – Doing something to him, daughtering him up. What do you think it was? But, Flubber? I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. You, you ever seen Son of Flubber? Was, it, was that movie going through your head at all when, when you were hearing about all this stuff? You know, when they no, they, they, they gas the football, you know, and they uh, they, mm-hmm. like, they put Flubber gas in it and they, they can throw it like a mile. And uh, yeah, anyway. yeah, I seen that like later on. I seen a story that was comparing it to that, but I had never heard of that. Yeah, that might have been, been mine, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> probably was mine. Yeah, I'm looking right oh, here. Okay. So this was in, uh, I guess, 2007. Cheryl set to become Bama a, a double AFL coach. Uh, yeah, double AFL. Yeah, then that was wasn't Joe Cribs involved with uh Yes, that? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. Like the president yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I, I think I actually was. went up. To, we may have been in the same room. I went up to uh, the. There was some sort of media thing, and, uh, and right, tr- I was. That's right. Were you there for that? Yes, I was there. I was actually right there. Me and Coach Cheryl hung out most of the night talking and oh, that's cutting up about everything. So, uh, so that's when it was. That that's when you saw. It? No, it was probably mm-hmm. later. Oh, it was. It was that night. That was it. That was it. Oh, I was wow. there then, like at the gallery or something, or at the the Winfrey maybe or yep. something like that. That's that's, oh, that's right. So wild. Okay, was, I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah, Trace. Yep. I remember uh, Trey Smith. I think uh, was there, Auburn, uh, mm-hmm. Auburn guy. And then I think Cody Bliss was there too. Probably, yeah, pro- yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Talk with him for a second, Cody Bliss. And yeah. uh, well, that's uh that's wild. Yeah, whatever happened to that? Did they they just what is like a money issue? It just fell. I think that's what through. it was. It never they never got the money up, or just didn't it just fell through? And yeah, you know, it just didn't make. Well, uh. We gonna beat Mississippi State? Oh yeah, I think so. Auburn's looking really good. I mean, they look like a, a totally different team this past weekend. I mean, it was just amazing. They were hitting all cylinders. I mean, defense, offense. I mean, they look really good. I mean, they they look like a a team that could compete. You right. know, to get into the playoffs. I mean, they look really good. Did uh, do you when do you ever talk to Coach Bowden at all? No, I don't. Um, did he? Did he? Ever, did he ever say anything about it to you? Uh, no, not really. Um, <laughs> it was mainly just Coach Hall because I, you know, I had a little closer relationship with him, and right. he was so called the punting and coach when I was there at Auburn. So, right, okay. but I've I've seen him a lot, you know, lately and over the years. But I hadn't seen Coach Bowden. I guess probably since well, ninety four. So. Oh, well, boom and Terry Bowman, there it is. Told you it was going to be great. The helium deserved its own thing, but we're going to be getting to the incredible story of how we got to Auburn and how we started thriving at Auburn, succeeding at Auburn, excelling at Auburn in the next installment next week. If you would like to help that show come up uh, and many more after it, do feel free to reach out. Thanks so much to the patrons over at Patreon, and you can become one yourself, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the War Eagle Reader. Three bucks a month, five bucks a month. There's all kinds of different little levels and ways you can give over there. You get free stuff, exclusive stuff, discounts on the books that are coming out. Trust me, anything you can do along those lines would be super appreciated. Thanks a ton. Until next time, War Eagle.